You're listening to the PT Profit Podcast, episode number 282, Demystifying SEO or Search Engine Optimization for Fitness Professionals. I'm your guest host, Chris Little. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, I'm Beverly Simpson, former fitness manager turned online personal training business owner. And this podcast is where smart fitness professionals, including trainers and clinicians, discover how to increase client performance in movement, package and position their products and services and get out of their own way so that they can increase their revenue to live a life that they love without sleazy sales. Welcome to the PT Profit Podcast. Welcome back to the PT Profit Podcast. I am your guest host, Chris Little. If we haven't met before, look back at some of the past episodes. I have jumped in here from time to time to help a Beverly or just to talk about topics that I'm passionate about. One of them being search engine optimization for how it can help your business. My goal of this episode is to make information as easily digestible and actionable as possible. We will just scratch the surface because search engine optimization can get very deep and very in the weeds, but I want this to be something that you can take action with after you have finished listening. With that in mind, one of the things that I want to bring to attention is how much we appreciate it when you review the PT Profit Podcast. Every time you leave a five-star rating on Spotify or if you head to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review, it makes a great deal of difference to our charting to our visibility, and to the amount of people that we can help. If there was ever a topic that you wanted covered on the podcast that we haven't covered in a past episode, or perhaps you want an update or you want something to be talked about more, always feel free to reach out to us. You can reach us at info at bsimpsonfitness.com or you can reach out to me, chris at bsimpsonfitness.com. Without further ado, let's dive into this. I have a few topics that I want to address. We're going to kind of go down the list. We're going to make this as concise as possible so that you do not get overwhelmed. One of the first things that I want to talk about is the misconceptions about SEO. So within that, I'm going to talk about how search engine optimization is not something that you can fix overnight. You can't necessarily just go into like your old posts and change a few keywords and change a few tags and then all of a sudden be at the top of the list. It's kind of like a long-term plan. So you have to look at it from the bird's eye view, a zoomed out lens. And you have to be like, what am I going to construct with the intent to serve the people who need my help? So you really have to get an idea of who the people you're helping are. One of the things that I would say is start looking at forums. So some of the forums that you can look at are Quora. So Quora is a website platform where people will commonly ask questions. When people are commonly asking questions, you can start to get an idea for what's going to be searched for. When you have the answer for what's being searched for, you're probably going to do quite well with search engine, search results, stuff like that. The other area to hang out at is going to be Reddit. So with Reddit, one of the things that you have to be careful of is you don't necessarily want to self-promote on there. You're going to get kicked out of a lot of different threads in that way. But 
you're going to see what is like the real talk when it comes to your community, when it comes to your industry, when it comes to your lane of expertise, or perhaps the people who you commonly serve. Let's say you serve a certain demographic, you serve a certain uh, personality, or maybe age. Wherever they're hanging out, they're gathering and they're asking questions that you thought were easy questions, but they've been struggling with it. And if you can start developing the material that answers those questions, you're going to go a long way. So you're going to want to understand how to answer these questions in a way that's valuable because it's one thing to generate a whole bunch of articles that talk about stuff and it's another thing to generate articles and content, videos, whatever you do, podcast, that actually answers the problem or solves the problem. So things that are like, wow, that I actually can do this and be further ahead than I was when I read it, rather than just being like, protein is good for you and you should squat. That doesn't solve too much because most people are are going to understand that. Maybe you could talk about how a person could hit this protein target and why that protein target benefits them in addition to their, their muscle health. A lot of people have never heard or been told that protein intake can also help with your mental health, can help with your productivity, can help with your sleep, can help with your focus. There's so many benefits to these things that you're helping people with that they may not have known. So if you can address that by teaching them something, giving them the benefits and really getting them invested in it, likely they're going to click on that, likely they're going to share it, and it's going to probably also be something that they're searching for if it's solving their problem. So to get more specific, sometimes people will have articles that they think are really good. And the thing that they change is they'll go through and they'll change some keywords. They'll look and see what like the top ranking results are. They're like, okay, it used some buzzwords. I'm just going to insert some buzzwords. Maybe I'll add them to the tags. Maybe I'll add them to the body of the text. Sometimes that is not going to help you too much. That could be referred to as keyword stuffing and just basically taking things that you think would work, putting it into something that's mediocre and learning the humbling lesson that perhaps you should go back to the drawing board. Like I said, the drawing board is best at the community where the people are that you serve. Also, when you're considering Reddit and Quora, oftentimes those actually pop up in the top of the search where people are asking and answering questions. So if your article aligns with those things, your article could piggyback with those results. Google has been doing a lot of work to really diversify search engine results. An example of that being, let's say you're looking for high-performance shoes. Diversifying the results means that although Nike is a monster in the shoe industry, not all your results are going to be Nike. You're going to get results from big brands, little brands, all kinds of different stuff, all serving your needs. So then it's not a monopoly on one business. With that in mind, you could monopolize the search results for something like your name or your brand or your business name. That's where you can really stand out. For example, one thing that I strive towards is when people search my name, Chris Little, I try to get my results in as many of those spots as possible. Right now, I'm competing with a retired English cricket player. So it's me and him, head-to-head, 
trying to get the, the top rankings on Google. One of the tricks that I do when I'm searching on Google is I'll usually go in an incognito browser or a browser that doesn't have the, the cache of your browser or the cookies enabled because if you have your browsing history or your location data, that can influence the search results and it could be very biased in your favor. So you want to check in an unbiased way if possible. You want to check in multiple different browsers. And sometimes you want to expand beyond Google because not everybody's going to use Google. Some people are still using Bing or maybe ask.com if that still exists. So consider your audience and consider that they might be finding you through a multitude of ways and there might still be some crossover in your optimal search engine optimization. So one of the things that I want to call out is you might have great search engine optimization in quarter one of 2024. That doesn't mean that it's going to be consistent with the exact same efforts in quarter three of 2024. What that means is that companies like Google are always updating their algorithm the same way that Instagram updates their algorithm. That doesn't mean that it's not going to work in your favor. It just means that in most cases, quality is going to play above all. Something that is going to help you quite a bit is just getting better at your writing skills. If you are producing video content or audio content, get better at engaging people, keeping their in attention. For myself, something that I've had to work on over the years, and you might even notice it in my podcast appearances, is I have a tendency to talk in monotone, and not a lot of people like to listen to monotone. So you got to change the range of your voice. You've got to be organized and concise in your thought, and you have to have a mission for what problem you want to solve. So the problem of this episode is a lot of people don't know what search engine optimization is. They don't know how it would help their business. And I'm here to say that if you get good search engine optimization, that could be the reason that you start getting new leads from less effort. That could be the reason why somebody found you on a Google search and not just through your social media post. Something to keep in mind is that something that you do once could help you for years to come. Things like podcast appearances, those end up getting on a lot of different platforms. The more you set that up for success, the better off they get. So if you have a website, if you host your, your guest appearances that you've had on podcasts, that's going to help that podcast appearance get better visibility. When people search for your name, it's going to go up on the list because there's more clicks, more links that direct to that podcast. So that's something to keep in mind as you are building your content library as you're kind of building out your portfolio and designing the layout of your website. There's never any harm in highlighting and showcasing your appearances on other people's shows on your website because that's going to amplify you that much more and it really diversifies the range and presence that you have across the internet. When it's not just you where your name is popping up, then you're going to be that much more benefited. What's more is that if you show up on a person's podcast, if you are prepared and ready to set them up with all the links that they might need for the show notes, that's going to make your life easier. Sometimes if you don't set people up with that kind of stuff, it makes it, makes it tough for them to know what links to share, and maybe they just bypass it altogether and they don't include any of those links because they ran out of time. 
So keep in mind that every opportunity that you have to collaborate with people, make it easy for them. Give them like a, a one pager, a sheet that has the links to your social media, the links to your podcast, maybe the links to some of your episodes that you think people should check out. Worst case scenario is people don't have time to share all this stuff, but if they did, then you've set them up for success. The other thing that you can do is with your freebies, you can add clickable links to, let's say, your PDF. You can set that up using something like Canva, and then that's more link backs that go to, let's say, your web page or your offer or your freebie. All those things are going to help you out a lot. Now, some people may have heard of ways that you can buy links or you can um, increase your reach through certain like affiliations and whatnot. Now, anything that does not involve like effort on your part, like you're not producing content, you're not answering a problem, you have to look at that through the lens of what is the long-term strategy. A lot of the time, you can pay a service to amplify your visibility and then it'll tank like a few weeks later because oftentimes they will basically associate it with sort of like a ghost link. They can associate with a different domain that perhaps just kind of bumps it up the the ratings, up the, the search rankings and while it may work temporarily, it doesn't work long-term. So the thing that I really want to highlight there is don't pay for a service to just magically bring your ranking up. If anything, learn how to add meta tags to your web design. If you're using a platform like Squarespace or Wix, a lot of platforms will have like a wizard where it's like the the advanced SEO settings and you can add descriptions to each page. You can change the image that goes in the corner of the browser when they're on your website. If you're doing coding the old-fashioned way within the code, there is a section where you can add in the meta tags and that basically flags to Google what's the content of the site. If you're doing something like that, you want to make sure that it's different for each page, that is me making the assumption that each page that you have on your website is different and not all the exact same. And you want it to be accurate so that it accurately reflects the content so that if somebody finds your website based on the tags, they're actually getting the answer that's associated with the tags. So you don't want to use a popular tag for a page that has nothing to do with it. And when I say tag, these are just keywords that are integrated in the code of your website. If you're ever curious about basically seeing the code of the website, a browser that I use is actually called the Brave browser. And it's using like the same basically code as Chrome uses. So Google Chrome and Brave are basically the same except brave actually eliminates some of the browser data and takes some of the ads and rewards you in a it's called bat it's some kind of cryptocurrency stuff but anyways that's not the main reason i use the browser i use it specifically because it speeds up the loading time i'm not sponsored by them this is just a a plug for general helpfulness Now, when you're doing that and you go into the settings, what you would have to do is when you're on the window, I'm looking at my computer right now, so you're going to see the top right corner on most browsers, the three dots, and you're going to go to more tools, and then you're going to go to developer tools. Within developer tools, you're going to look into elements, and on all the pages, that's going to give you some of the, the data that's in there. 
So when you're looking through everything, you're going to see tags that start out with the word meta. After meta, you're going to see name. You're going to see some aspects that are within that. In some designs, like right now, I'm looking at the data for toggle. I'm tracking my time as I record the podcast. So it's not going to have an in-depth description. So I'm just going to go into, I'm just going to go into my own website. So bear with me as I type 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 and I'm going to dig into more tools developer tools so when I look at my own website I can see in the meta tags I have meta property content is personal trainer Chris Little Edmonton so that's going to help me get results when people search for personal trainer in Edmonton. Then I have description. Chris Little is a personal trainer, host of the Lifestyle Chase. That's changed, so I'd have to update that. Media consultant, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, training clients in person out of Evolve Strength South. So these are all things that are in the meta tags. For this site, they're actually defined as meta property equals. So when you're looking at the code, you're going to be able to recognize if you already have meta tags and you're going to be able to learn where you can put meta tags in. If this is too high level for you and you're like, this is really confusing, Chris, what are you talking about? I actually suggest that you go into ChatGPT and ask it how you could go about adding meta tags to the code of your website or ask how the specific web platform that you use adds meta tags to your website. So whether you're using Squarespace or Wix or Kajabi, etc. Like I've addressed before, a lot of the easy platforms, like the platforms that have the template for your website, a lot of them are going to do this for you. But you might be missing out on some settings where you can really optimize this and add in the details. I know for Wix, that's been something that I've used. They almost prompt you to add in these details or they give you a little notification if something's missing. So it's important to be thorough on that because it's going to make a huge difference. And that's often why some platforms cost more because they have more tools to help you out. So as we go along this list, I wanted to talk about some low-hanging fruit for SEO improvement. One of the first ones that I thought of, because we've already talked about keyword research, we talked about going onto forums like Quora and just like learning about what people are asking about, going to Reddit, learning about what all the buzz is about the topic of your choice or within your community or within your basically criteria of the people that you're looking to serve. Maybe they're golfers. Maybe you want to go onto the golfer thread. But the one thing that I wanted to point out is I've recently learned that let's say if you have an article or you have a podcast appearance and you haven't shared it on LinkedIn yet, recently with uh, the newest Google algorithm update, LinkedIn links are actually getting priority. So if you're someone who typically shares your blog, your promotion, your website link, your podcast appearance, even just like your knowledge post on Instagram, try sharing the same thing on LinkedIn or look at optimizing it for LinkedIn with maybe different, different copy or different size image or different length of video. But leverage LinkedIn because that is a free tool that you have access to that is used by a lot of people who 
probably are looking for someone just like you. So that would be the lowest hanging fruit for something that you can do. Now, on page optimization, you can look at perhaps the, the vocabulary and the range of language that you're using. With this, you might want to edit some of the writing that you're doing. Maybe you're just getting into writing and you're typing through things really fast and you're kind of hoping that people will find your material because of your name or because you help people or because you told them to click on the link in your Instagram. But the truth of the matter is the better your writing is, the more reach it will get because people like to read good material. So if you start looking at ways to increase your vocabulary or use maybe lower reading level in your material so that it's more shareable with a broader audience, this is all going to depend on who the people you serve are. So my people are generally general population. So I would be better off to use more universal words and simplify things so that they're understandable for people. My people also like a sense of humor. So if I were to insert some humor into there, that would also help as well. One of the things that I'll highlight is you if you are not a funny person, you can get ChatGPT's help in inserting some humor into your writing and then you can finesse it to sound a bit more like you. One example being is I consider myself a funny person, but in the past, I have experimented with ChatGPT and asked it to write material on creatine in the tone of a cowboy named Cowboy Chris. And I featured that on my Instagram and it was actually pretty good. So if you want to get creative in how you present your stuff, and I'm not saying be the cowboy version of yourself, but you want to insert some humor or some storytelling to the information that you're sharing so that people are not only educated, but also entertained. Because really you're looking for reader retention. If somebody's reading an article, you could be informing them about the most amazing things in the world, but if it's dry and they leave, then you're not going to get good optimization. But if it's captivating and entertaining and you have a hook and you're retaining them because you're kind of leaving them on a cliffhanger, you're going to continue it later in the article, that's when you got them. So digest books on writing, learn to diversify the language that you use or perhaps simplify it down so that a person could share it with everybody that they know and all of those people would understand exactly what you're talking about or better yet relate to it and be like, are they writing this about me? So that stuff will help. You'll also want to, if your web design platform gives you the option to give you the mobile version and just the regular web browser version, you're going to want to really look at it in the mobile version. Because in a lot of cases, there's actually going to be a separate like web layout completely. And like, for example, if you look at Facebook in your browser, in a lot of cases, the address is m.facebook.com. So it's a completely different version of the website. So it's going to have unique tags in some cases, unique meta tags, unique layout, unique clickability. If you don't double check both versions, a person could be tapping on an icon and it might not actually go to the link. So you want to test all of those features because if a person gets to a page and they can't click anything because it doesn't work, your search engine optimization is going to absolutely tank. If it's not functional, why would people go there? If Google sends people to something that doesn't work, they have to pay for it. 
it through like just basically their retention. If if somebody searches for something and Google sends them to something that doesn't answer their problem and then they get frustrated with Google, that's that's on Google. So Google is going to hold you to a higher standard to make sure that your website works, to make sure your website answers the question, and to make sure that your website isn't redundant, answering the exact same thing over and over, week after week, or being boring. So these are the things to look at. Now, if you have a business that's sort of reliant on people in your area coming to you, so for me, I've included Edmonton because that's the city where the gym is where I service my in-person clients. So Edmonton is part of my meta tags. So when people search Edmonton Personal Trainer, I'm going to appear on there at some point because it's part of my web design. If I was only online and I didn't need anything that was geography specific, I might just completely bypass that. I could just live in a bush somewhere and it wouldn't matter. However, I do like in-person training. I train a few people in the week. And so I keep Edmonton as part of that. So that is something to consider. If you have a brick and mortar location, or perhaps you really want to get specific on the people that you serve, maybe you want to like incorporate uh, back pain or hamstring strength or whatever it is that you have dialed into that you really like helping people with, Include that in your meta tags in some way, shape, or form. Include that maybe in the description of your website when you're going through the wizard to design your website. Now, I've addressed the importance of quality, valuable content creation, but I don't want you to ever overthink that you have to wait until it's perfect because when you reflect on people who are successful at content creation, the, the commonality is that they started and then they kept going, and then they kept going, and despite it not being perfect, and despite having technical difficulties and things that didn't go perfectly well, they just kept going. So if you're ever feeling discouraged, one thing I often get people to do is go to YouTube, look up Jordan Syatt, and look at his first video. He has grown a lot, video after video. If you're curious, you can go to my podcast. It used to be called The Lifestyle Chase, I have an episode that I put out in 2018. My voice sounds different. Now, if you look at my recent episodes, now it's called Chasing Common Ground, or you can listen to my episodes here on the PT Profit Podcast. And I've gotten more expressive, probably sound a little bit more confident, and it's because I've been putting in hundreds of reps with this stuff. So when you're thinking about content creation, creating better content, you're not going to get better overnight. You're not going to get better from reading a book. You're not going to get better from getting a new camera or getting new lighting or putting a light in the background. And this is just how it is. I sometimes get frustrated too. I wish I could get better faster, but the one secret ingredient is putting in the reps. So as you're looking at ways to increase your search results, Let's talk about educational content. So educational content, this could be something that is like a supplement for like an educational, additional supplement for your clients. Like let's say you're doing coaching calls all week and the same question pops up with like five out of 10 of the calls that you take. Or maybe somebody asked a question in the group. And if you answer that question that you know that people need the answer to, and then it becomes something that you can share with the group, something that you can share in an email, something that you can share in a direct message, well, obviously the search engine optimization is going to go up simply because they're clicking on it, but also it's going to make your process of coaching that much better and it's going to make your people feel very seen, valued, and heard. 
The other thing is integrating your social media. So if you don't already, when you're doing like a blog post or you're doing a podcast article or a podcast episode, I should say, look at how you can integrate that with everything that you have. So I'm going to give you an example of something that I do. So I use Substack for my podcast. We also use it for the PT Profit podcast. Part of that means that when people subscribe to the email list through Substack, they're going to get an email for every article, every podcast. In addition to that, Substack will produce some social media specific graphics where you can also share that on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, etc. Or you can make your own graphics. But the key point being that you're sharing the link. Some people are going to program a share, like you can program certain podcast hosts to automatically share out to the social media, and that's a really good strategy to do. Some people are going to have like a a scheduler. So whether they're using like the meta business or on Instagram within the app, you can actually schedule some posts in advance. So maybe you know that you're going to publish the podcast at a certain day or you're going to release the article at a certain day. And so you're going to schedule the post promoting it to also go out on that day or maybe six hours later, whatever your strategy is. Basically all of this to say that there are huge opportunities to increase the links to your material, leveraging your social media. That could be done through links in your story, links in your profile, material that calls it out and promotes it. Maybe it is links under the body of text when it comes to LinkedIn and Facebook. Look at all these opportunities because the more links that go to your piece of content, your resource, your video, etc., the better it does. With that said, when you're producing things on YouTube, incorporate your links into the description, especially if you're using YouTube Shorts. So then if you have links that go back to your website from YouTube, that's going to help your search engine optimization. And being that YouTube is owned by Google, a lot of YouTube things tend to float to the top because it's in, you, it's in uh, Google's best interests to favor platforms that they own, such as YouTube. The other thing is you can look at online reviews. So things like Google reviews, Yelp reviews, any kind of review platform. If you get like good social currency, good social credibility, basically people in your community trust you, believe in you, have faith in you, will vouch for you. That's going to do very, very well for your rankings and your credibility. And if that is the stuff that pops up, on search and people are seeing your name and they're seeing people validate that uh, you know what you're talking about or that you treated them really really well that's going to do wonders for your google google results because let's say somebody is searching your business and they see five star reviews that's going to be great but if they search for your business and they don't see any five star reviews but they saw five star reviews for somebody just like you that offers what you offer well, that might be the reason they choose the other person. So all of this to say that make sure that you have a space for people to give your reviews. Make sure that uh, you're keeping track of your reviews, saying thank you for your reviews, highlighting your reviews, maybe giving people a reason to give you a review. Perhaps it's like you incentivize them with some kind of a promotion or you thank the people that do review you just to kind of build rapport and... Make sure that people understand how much of a difference they make in the growth of your business and your success. Always be grateful. That goes a long way when it comes to this kind of stuff. 
The other things that you can do is you can use video marketing. So video marketing, if you haven't done any of that, is going to help you. Now, the key things that I want to get to here is let's say your Instagram has nothing but text posts, but at some point in the process of you serving your people, you're going to be talking to them. But if they looked at your Instagram, they would have never seen you, never talked to you, or maybe your pictures are filtered, or it's just there's something that's not adding up. So getting comfortable with video content is never going to hold you back because it's going to help you when you're in a sales call. It's going to help you when you're having a tough conversation. It's going to help you with making people feel comfortable comfortable when you're talking to them at all in any context, whether it be coaching, whether it be a conversation, whether it be building trust, building rapport, any scenario like that. So despite the fact that your strength may be in writing or despite the fact that you may be really scared of creating video, video is a good idea. So perhaps start with short form on your social media platform and then also utilize YouTube. You don't have to do one hour videos, but perhaps get used to doing 20 minute videos, maybe get into doing some webinars, cross promote your short form. So if you're making reels, if you're making TikToks, there's an opportunity for you to also put that on for YouTube shorts as long as they're 60 seconds or less. And don't leave that opportunity on the table. Make sure that you're doing that kind of stuff. You can also start practicing your writing and maybe reach out to fitness professionals with well-established websites and ask if there's any opportunity where they might be looking for a guest author or start searching for people who are looking for writers. In a lot of cases, you're not going to necessarily get paid for this stuff, but if you start getting really, really good at writing, this could do wonders for your visibility. And it's also going to help that other person build their reach through their website because the more valuable material that they have on their website, the more people come to them. And if you're producing content that that's on their website, that could in turn build your audience, build your career capital as it were. And, and I should say that the word career capital, capital, I'm borrowing that from my friend Andrew Coates. And it's just a term that I've really liked because it basically reinforces that it takes work to grow in the industry. So whether you're pe training people on the training floor or building out your content, you do have to work on your craft and you do have to be able to take constructive criticism and you do have to know that you're a work in progress. So your first article won't be a home run, your first podcast won't be a home run, and your 50th might not be either. But if you keep going and you make it till your 300th, then you may find the results are pretty awesome. So collaborate, do guest posts, start looking at uh, people who are looking for people to write for their sites, start building rapport with people, start valuing other people's work, listen to other people's shows, tell them what you like about it, read other people's articles, share them with your clients, feature them on your social media, build community, give people a reason to work with you. If you've never even, if you don't know like their last name and you're like, hey, can I work with you? That's not much of a reason because I'm sure that they get lots of emails asking if people can feature their article or if people can come on their podcast. I know for me, I get about 10 to 15 per week, whether it be 
guest article on my website or guest article on any of the other websites that I'm affiliated with or oftentimes guest requests, guest pitches for podcasts, and it's like they've never listened to a single episode. So if you're going to be a guest or collaborate, be invested in the person that you're working with, and so that may take time and patience, and that's why we say it's a marathon, not a sprint. Now, as we're deconstructing SEO keyword cannibalization, the, the definition of keyword cannibalization is essentially if you have two extremely similar articles on your website, and they're so similar that they're basically answering the same thing and they're just loud and just yelling at each other, well, both articles probably won't rank on Google. This isn't to say that you can't have similar articles, but if you are answering the same problems over and over and you're just trying to do it again just to like see if the new one gets reached, chances are you have to work on your writing skills. Chances are you have to get uh, better at how you're framing your material, maybe you are answering the question at a high level and people don't relate it, relate to it. So maybe you have to answer the question at a lower level or make it more humorous or make it more concise, get to the point. Maybe start them off with like the part that they might relate to and then get into the details of how you can help them. But sometimes it requires reworking. Just know that you can't just pump out the exact same thing because that's more likely to sabotage you than give you a boost. The other thing is with your keywords, you're obviously not going to be able to use like the same keywords in the meta of your website for everything that you do. Like if you thought, okay, well, like world fitness, that's, that's a good keyword because I want to help everybody in the world with fitness. And you put that on all your articles, that's not going to help you very much because if one article is on glute hypertrophy and the other article is on uh, creatine, and you just put world fitness on both of them and world fitness has nothing to do with you, well, that's going to be null and void and it's not going to help you and it's probably going to hinder you. So you can use ChatGPT to pull out optimized tags from your material. That's something that I do often. Oftentimes you're going to want to take a second look at it and maybe finesse it here and there because sometimes it's going to pick words that are completely irrelevant or don't quite relate to the content in this way that it might have been implied that they did. That can also be a reason to retool some of the the structure of your writing. Like perhaps you strayed off off track and you got a little sidetracked and maybe you lost some of your readers or your listeners. So it's always good to put things through those processes to be like, is this as efficient and as engaging as it could be? And do I genuinely honestly think that this is valuable? Because we're all going to think our stuff is awesome once we did it because it was us, but oftentimes how it is received is the best indicator as to whether it was good or not. The other thing is that strategies to resolve and prevent keyword cannibalization is truly to kind of have a zoomed out idea of what your content's going to be. So as you're researching on Reddit and Quora, you are going to come up with your list and your list is going to help you to not put the same two things on the list. So you're going to have different items on the list and you're going to be able to look it over a second time and make sure that this is all relevant to the people who pay you money. Because if it's not relevant to the people who pay you money, you're not necessarily doing it to build your business. And this is the tough love that some people need to face. Because if you're not creating content that's for the people that you're helping who pay you money, then 
what are you creating content for? Like maybe you should have like a hobby blog or something. So that is just the tough love that as you're coming up with your ideas, make sure that it's actually helping the people that you tend to serve and make sure that it's relatable for them, that they would actually want to read it and not just because you told them that they should. Other thing is monitoring keyword performance. So you can use tools like on YouTube, you can use Video IQ on different web design platforms. They'll actually sometimes have integrated tools that kind of show you maybe your analytics. I would say generally speaking, take a look at your analytics. So how many people clicked on your website? How many people clicked on the link within your website? You can also see this if you're doing stuff on Substack. How many people are subscribing when they come to your website? How many people are clicking like on your blog post? Oftentimes there'll be little options like that. How many people are sharing your article or your podcast on Facebook, on LinkedIn? Start looking at that and see where it improves and where it struggles. And maybe double down on the topics and mediums where it does well and start to study the analytics and get a really good pulse as to what's performing. So in addition to platforms like video IQ or VidIQ, which kind of gives you a free version that gives you some suggestions for better titles or better descriptions. You can also just simply look at the analytics for your web provider, look at the analytics for your blog, look at the analytics for your email platform, like if you're using like ConvertKit or something like that, or MailChimp, oftentimes you'll be able to see how many people opened the email. Maybe some people shared it. You can see that on some platforms. And how many people are saying staying subscribed or how many people are subscribing when they receive that email? Because if it got shared and somebody new subscribed, that's important to look at too, because you're going to want to look at what topic intrigued them to subscribe. And maybe you should double down on that topic. Maybe get further into the weeds, get more specific, expand on it, do a part two, stuff like that. Now, if you ever have questions about any of this SEO stuff, feel free to reach out to us at B Simpson Fitness. So I think probably the easiest way to do it would be to follow, follow Beverly at B Simpson Fitness. Feel free to follow me too at Christian Little. Jump on to the webinars that we put out from time to time, get on the email list, subscribe to the podcast, and learn more about us, see how we help people. With uh, that said, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me today. I tried to make this short and sweet, and we will catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the PT Profit Podcast. If you like this episode, chances are your friends will too. So it would be a huge service to us if you would please leave us a review and share with your friends on your social media channels. When you leave us a review, be sure to take a screenshot of it and email that screenshot to my team at info at bsimpsonfitness.com. And we'll send you a very special Instagram podcast that will show you how to create compelling content so that your ideal clients come to you and you go from wanting clients to a wait list of clients ready for your services. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.